Think about this. Once upon a time, society was led by the best and the brightest. We were informed. Now we're distracted. When there's something you should really think about, we'll point it out. So much material. So little bandwidth. Think about this. The recent Senate compromise to preserve the filibuster for the minority has been hailed as everything from a total victory for the Democrats and a political boost for John McCain to a sellout by Democrats and complete defeat for Bill Frist and his presidential ambitions. Frist had wanted to overturn centuries of Senate tradition by eliminating the filibuster so the last 10 of the President's 218 judicial nominees could be brought to the Senate floor for a vote. Senator Trent Lott had dubbed this move the nuclear option, a name the Republicans embraced until pollsters told them it was not polling well. At that point, they started to refer to it as the constitutional option and complained that Democrats had labeled it the nuclear option to discredit it. Okay, that deserves a lot of thought on its own, but that's not what you need to think about. Sure, this compromise is good in the short run, but it's already being characterized as an opening salvo in the battle between John McCain and Bill Frist for the Republican presidential nomination in 2008. McCain helped craft the compromise, showing him to be a moderate. It's imagined that he can pull a lot of folks who are Reagan Democrats, which gives him a solid centrist base. Bill Frist, on the other hand, has been pandering to the religious right, speaking to their assemblies and injecting himself into controversies like the Terry Schiavo case, when he might better serve by paying attention to things like the sagging economy, corruption in the war effort, and the fact that our men and women are dying because they're trying to keep peace in the middle of the Iraqi civil war. McCain, unlike Frist, served in another hopeless conflict, so presumably has some perspective on the issue. In the year 2000, McCain opposed George Bush, and his campaign was going well until South Carolina. There, Karl Rove succeeded in using push polling to tarnish McCain's reputation. Bush pollsters called voters and asked, if you knew that Senator McCain had a biracial child, would this make you more or less likely to vote for him? McCain and his wife have adopted a child of color, and the question led many to believe he had committed a Strom Thurmond-like act of race mixing. McCain lost, and Bush rolled on to the nomination. The neocons and Bushites have no love lost on McCain, and any shred of good feelings will have been destroyed by McCain's crafting of this compromise. And the one thing we know about the president is that he never forgets a slight, real or imagined. So how are they going to get rid of John McCain? Oddly enough, the impeachment of President Clinton points away. The Republicans could easily have convicted Clinton in the Senate, and yet despite the enormous sums spent on the Whitewater investigation and the impeachment process the House had already engaged in, they did not. Why not? Was it because there in their hearts they knew the man was not guilty of an impeachable offense? Hardly. William Jefferson Clinton was not convicted because the Republicans did not want to have to run against Al Gore as an incumbent in the year 2000. Face it, being the sitting president gives you a lot of power. You can do many things to influence the course of a campaign, including calling color-coded terrorist alerts, alerts which have curiously stopped since the election. With all this preamble, you need to think like a politician. Here's a scenario that would help the Republicans lock up the White House for the next eight years. It breaks down like this. First, in 2006, they motivate their religious base and lock up the House and Senate. They might even get a supermajority that's veto-proof. It would be great and allow Bush to appoint anyone he wants to the Supreme Court, filibusters notwithstanding. Second, shortly after the election, Vice President Cheney resigns, citing health reasons. A new vice president is appointed in his place. Bill Frist, for example, would fit in nicely. Whoever it is will be the anointed successor to George Bush. Third, 
to rob the opposition of issues in 2008, the Republican House and Senate impeaches and convicts George Bush for high crimes and misdemeanors. He leaves office and is pardoned by his successor, shades of Richard Nixon. His successor calls for unity and a return to calm, then promises to extricate us from Iraq as soon as possible. He makes some other conciliatory moves and promises, then goes on to win his own term in 2008, and the reign of the neocons continues unabated. Of course, impeachment might be too complicated. They could just shoot the president. Then his successor would ride a wave of sympathy to election, just as LBJ did in 1964. And if the assassin is found out to be from, well, it doesn't matter where he's from, his nation of origin will just be an invitation to another invasion. Is this likely to happen? Who knows? It's something to think about.